0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to another episode of Sales Velocity TV and Radio. If you're new watching this for the first time, welcome. Good to have you. We um, we have a lot of fun on the show. I'm Andrew Cast. That's Aaron Parkinson, and we are talking lead generation strategies today. It's a specialty of ours. Both really, we've been generating leads on the internet, Aaron. I think co- collectively, um, two thousand four, five ish. I don't know. Let's let's figure this out. Have I generated leads online longer than you, or have you generated leads on the internet longer than me? Because I met I you at an event in like 2006-ish. I yeah. had started marketing online in 2005, and I think you did around that time as well. And, I, started, um, I started in
1: 2004. Not that it's a competition.
0: No, 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 no. no we're, we're keeping score, right? We're keeping it's score. 2004. Okay. All right, so you got me beat a little bit, which is fine. But the point we're trying to make is we we have successfully generated leads from the internet before social media before Google was a publicly traded company. So there was only one search engine. It was called Yahoo! Overture. That was mm-hmm. my first search engine. Me too. My first PPC ad was on Yahoo! Overture. There yep. was no, so picture a world now, guys. Aaron, right? Where there is no social media, there is no video. There's no YouTube's. There's no TikToks. There's no social media. There's only like a search engine or two. And if you want to market online, everybody's essentially like back in the day going to the one TV network to run their commercial. We're going to the one we're going to the one search engine to run our ad. So for those of you that read my book Sales Velocity, I talk about this in my book. Quickly I'll mention it is when I was coming out of the financial services industry and just intrigued, Darren, with the, the internet marketing world and building a business online and having freedom freedom and being able to, to develop information products and just selling from the internet was like this, this mystical thing back in the day, right? Today, it's nothing. When I started, it was like, I got to crack this code. This is the coolest concept ever. And for me, a guy that had a successful career in financial services, for me to walk away from that, to want to crack the internet code was a weird thing. And I don't remember why I wanted to do it, but I remember investing $12,000 into a really, really intense internet marketing training regimen where I had my own advisor and coach. It was with the internet marketing center, which was at the time the number one. Yes. Corey Rudel. He passed away in a car accident years ago um Derek Gale took the company over. Yep. We're going back to like the sticks of the internet now. This is yep. like this is this is old school for 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 those of you that are, you know, maybe just trying to crack the internet code. This was the only real internet marketing training education entity at the time. Yep. So at the time, you know, 12,000 for a 12k program in 2005, good amount of money, right? Vested yeah. in it, learned everything from A to Z when it came to Developing a product, finding a niche, doing the copywriting, building a funnel, getting that product launched on the only search engine there was, by the way, we're talking about this now, Yahoo Overture, and then getting eyeballs to it to hit the page, convert, purchase. I was actually selling a $37, it was in the health and wellness space. We were selling a $37 ebook at the time where ebooks were like Nirvana. Oh my gosh, you can buy a digital book. This is huge. Today, it's like we do it all day long. Right. So I wanted to just preface the depth and the breadth of online lead generation because we come from the era where there were no tools. Today there's more tools than ever. And really what we want to talk about today is how you need to diversify into these many tools today and not get stuck generating leads one way. But I wanted to I wanted to, to do that little backstory, Aaron, because it's important, I think, to get into the minds of people who marketed before all the tools and also into the minds of the people who market with all the tools. And I always go even further back and I go, listen, if somebody could even sell before the internet, you look at the old copywriters like the, the Gary Halberts and the Dan Kennedys of the world Eugene that would Trump. put a letter in the mail and send it to a prospect. And that prospect would have to open it and read it, call a phone number or put a check in the mail. Can you imagine how good the copy must have had to been? to get someone to go through all the Today we just click a link, we go, we buy, done. So you should really go back and look at some of the real old dogs. We're like medium old dogs. The real old dogs had no internet. We, we came up with the advent of the internet. But that's what we're gonna talk about today is a little bit of history, a little bit of depth and breadth here, which we have, but more so what's working today and why diversification is critical today. And Aaron, I know that was a long introduction. For those of you <laughs> watching the show for the first time, you're like, man, that was like a history lesson. I just want to get to the point. Well, you know, it's important that you have some context.
1: Yeah, my first um, product I bought was pre-internet. And it was uh, a program I saw on television. Oh, and, TV commercial. Pro- yeah, and the product was called Tiny Little Ads. And I can't remember the name of the guy. He passed away. I think I know who you mean. Don uh, LaPree?
0: Don LaPree, was it? Yeah, I think maybe. Don LaPree?
1: Yeah, like... You can make money
0: with little tiny classified ads. He
1: was like also passionate, right? Yeah, I was sixteen years old. I mean that. Yeah. I mean, and I and I don't even know how I had money. I mean, I had a job, but I'm trying to think of like how I bought it. Like, (laughs) like, how did I have money at all? Somebody wrote a a process, right? You probably had to
0: write a check and send it in.
1: Yeah, I can't remember. Like, it (laughs) just seemed it would have been so complicated because I I would have had a bank account, but like I would have had to. How did I pay for it? I I I don't know. Um, Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, I ran tiny little classified ads to see if it would work, made a little money. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when the internet came, I thought, Ooh, I could leverage that into this, you know? And um, yeah, I mean, I was selling a $2,000 program online in 2004. And and (laughs) and if you don't know if you remember this, Andrew, like to make sure that I wasn't talking to unqualified people, I had a button that said, do you have $2,000 that, cause I went to a call right do you have 2000 dollars you can afford to spend on this product today yes or no and if they clicked yes they got to book a call with me on the phone not on a zoom right and if they clicked no i sent them to the world's largest job website that's how immature i was <laughs> 2004 that's how I
0: immature sent- i was i love it
1: <laughs> i sent them to monster.com that's um, classic you know it, i yeah. was just that's that's how immature i was i was like in my mid 20s so yeah um yeah, we've been doing this a very long time. You did ask me about my chair.
0: Oh, yeah. So I noticed that you have – you look like you're in a racing car today. So for those I of you watching the show live, salesvelocitytv.com, you can see all our shows live. We start with video always, by the way, and then we we cut it up into audio. But uh, that thing looks super comfortable. Jeez, I thought it's my chair was comfortable. comfortable. This is one my, of those
1: ergonomic deals. It's a It's a gamer chair because my son is a big – online gamer. He holds a bunch of world records and different games and stuff like this. And he came in the other day and he made fun of me. He said, you know what, you know, how do you, you know how people know that you're old dad, that you got one of those crappy office distribution chairs, staple special for one fifty? Yeah. He's like, dude, grow up and get a real chair. Right. Cause he's got a gamer chair, which he asked for, for Christmas. And nice. I went sad in it. And I was like, man, this is exponentially more comfortable than the chair I have, and yet I'm the one making all the money in this house. It's almost too tired. comfortable, right? That, that thing or no? It's it's perfect. You know what? It 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 it's not as like uh, it doesn't have as big as a a a bend in the spine, which I right. find is over you know accentuated in those office chairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's got like rotating arm handles and all sorts of. I mean, this thing can actually lay full backwards if I wanted to. Which you I'm could not- take a power
0: nap in that thing at the
1: writing could, right angle, right? Right? Ever since I got it, I feel more energized and I feel way better. Really? So I will optimize all things, but apparently I had forgot to optimize my chair. So now my chair is optimized. Well, good for you. It's outstanding. Good for you. Um, where were
0: we but, going with this, man? I mean, are we, I they, can we generate leads with chairs today? I mean, can, Maybe. can we amp up lead generation with the right game? You said, chair?
1: I, I want to talk about your new chair on the show. Now you know why I have a new chair. Yeah. And your chair sucks. I'm looking at it right no. now. Oh, it no,
0: sucks. no, 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 no. Hold on a second, though.
1: No, no, no. I, I don't tell. I
0: don't think I told you recently. This chair, this is an ergonomic beast. This is like a 2K chair, man. This is not a cheesy chair. This is a really it's – it's essentially – a gaming chair without, like, the, the crazy things. Okay. You right. wouldn't believe the things I can do with this chair. Like, it, it's been a game changer for me as well. So, I understand the difference because I came out of one of those, like, know I just didn't think about it like you. I, just, I didn't think Basic about it. chair. I'm just focused on work. And I'm like, man, it's been, like, three years with this cheesy chair. Get a yep. good chair. And this is one of those, like, relax the back. They fit you oh, in okay. it. I went through the whole All right. custom ship. Took a month. I mean...
1: Just take it just all back. Sure. Just take just it, it sure. all back, please. Just take it back what you just said, just please. Make it, I take it back. Just, take it back. just I, I, take it back. It looked. It looked from the top part. I was like, "Oh, it's you, one of those." This standard looks
0: cheesy. Do you look at this thing? It's like it I just
1: look clean. standard. Oh
0: no, it way. looks basic. Nah, it, looks, nah, like, no. it looks. You know basic. what? When you actually come into the office, like you should, you're due for a trip. I'll let you. Yeah, I'll let yeah. you sit in it. Okay. Okay. All right. But anyways, uh, let's we, talk about lead Gen strategy. Listen, let me say one thing. So, once a month, I have a private client group here in Florida that I work with ranges anywhere from four business owners to eight business owners at any given time. And they're all over seven figures in, in business. It's my, my monthly mastermind group. Uh, And I've been running it for 10 years now because what I do works right to get, to get, to get out of the day to day. And you, you came to one Aaron, right to get out of the day to day and get into a, mastermind group, coaching group environment one day a month for a half a day. We do dinner afterwards. So it's a lot of fun with the guys. Shut off your phone, yeah, get just, away from the email. You, you got to get, away get from the out path. of the office, right? You and I both know. 10 years I'm running this because it works and it's not just about business. It's about what I just said. Getting out of the office so you can get separate sets of eyes on things and you can get in an environment where you can think and not be distracted. That's pretty much what I facilitate. And yesterday I had the group in, and the whole topic was on lead generation and really looking at where do you get the bulk of your leads from now? You have to know that. So like if, he, if I said to you, the, the listener or viewer, what's your number one lead source? Obviously, you should know that, right? Is it referrals? Is it Facebook? Is it Google? And then secondly, are you too dominant on that one source? Are there multiple sources? Do you have an idea what the ratio is? Like I get 50% from Facebook. I get another 50% from Google. I get another, right? Do you know that? And if not, you need to. And then the third piece is where else, and we'll talk about this today, where else can you and should you be, right? Like you, you know you need to get into another form of media. It could be TV, could be radio, could be TikTok, whatever. We're going to talk about that here today. So really the goal here, everybody, is let's talk about the importance of a balanced portfolio, a diversification of lead source approach because, and I'll let you mention the Facebook debacle. I mean- Facebook is the mecca of advertising, but man, oh man, they took a $230 million quarterly hit because people are leaving the platform. So if you're all there and we're, and we're, we're big there too, it's diversification time, right?
1: So yeah, let's and it's, talk it's, about it's a, it. It's, it's a signal to them, but it's also a signal to business owners, right? Because, you know, we own multiple businesses. You and I, and one of the businesses is, uh, is a marketing agency. And, the what we've seen is is the trend over the last probably three years is that number one, Facebook and Instagram, their their user acquisition is going down. So typically they, you know, the people live in different channels. And this is now a, a great channel because it's an older demographic in the eyes of the social media world. Yeah. Right. You know, the people who got on first got on Facebook and then sort of the next generation got on Instagram. And then the next generation after that kind of got on Snapchat, you know, and then the next generation after that is now on TikTok. And then YouTube is, is its own world because it's not a social, it's it's not a social media network. It's a, it's, it's different. It's a, it's it's an information. It's internet TV. Yeah, It's internet TV. It's an internet. It's, it's, it's a delivery system, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So, um, what's happening is, is that the user base is getting older, even starting to die off now. Um, they haven't acquired anything re- like relatively impactful for their inventory. Like, for example,
0: college. when they bought Instagram a couple of years ago, that was they huge. They bought Instagram. Then they bought WhatsApp. Um, did they buy WhatsApp? Yeah, they WhatsApp bought WhatsApp. WhatsApp is owned by Facebook? Yes. I did not know that. For some um, reason, I thought Microsoft bought WhatsApp. I don't know. What am I thinking? Nope.
1: Microsoft Slack, maybe? I don't know. No, nope, Facebook bought it. and But there's not enough inventory for them. So they have too many advertisers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They have not enough place to show their ads their user base is declining, not increasing. And in conjunction with that, what's happened is, is that they've started to um, raise their prices dramatically because of shareholders that they have to appease and profit needs to be going up every year and so on and so forth. And because they have so many advertisers, um, for whatever reason, their customer service has not been able to keep up. So, the customer experience um, with Facebook has been a real challenge for them after over the last three years in the eyes of most of the advertisers that are online where, you know, ads are getting disapproved, ad accounts are getting disapproved. The, the, the communication is not great. um, The time, you know, to, to get answers is not great. Interesting. And the frustration has uh, risen and risen and risen to the point where people are looking for alternative sources. People are looking for alternative sources. So as an agency, we run, you know, our our typical big channels are Facebook and Instagram, uh, YouTube, Google search, Bing search, Yahoo search, TikTok, AdRoll, and native. And people might not know what that means, but we want to have a big diversified portfolio, mostly because we deal with a lot of clients that are, are scaling from seven figures to eight figures and beyond. And you can saturate the audience too much in one channel and or. Um, the, the, the fact is that a lot of people, it's kind of like they're on teams, right? They're like team Facebook, team Instagram, team Snapchat, yeah. you know, team TikTok Um, and so they might not be really paying attention in those other channels. So not only could you saturate them, but these others could be completely new pockets for you right now, if you have a, a, a prospect that's on multiple channels. If they're seeing you on multiple channels, that obviously just increases your credibility because you look omnipresent, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot of the times they don't live on these other channels. So it could be a whole new um, source of of traffic for you to be diversified into these other places. Right. Anyway, my point is, is that our clients have forced us to expand to YouTube really hard about two years ago. And now um, we are forcing them to expand to TikTok. TikTok because, is like the rage in the talk as of late. It's incredible. We Yeah, I mean we've done the testing and and you know the cost to get in front of people is one sixth. And but and by like, the way, it's it feels they, to me, Aaron, like like TikTok is at least subliminally going right after Facebook. Like oh, they want to just take them they, straight down. They even copied almost identically Facebook's advertising dashboard. Is that right? See I haven't seen which, that. Which felt added. like it felt almost like a, uh, like a screw you.
0: Th- that's my point. It, it it seems like and, and listen, that's that's great for consumers. Let them go. Remember, the, remember the war, the wars over the years of Microsoft and Apple. You had the yep. geeky geek, the geeky guy on TV who was yep. the Microsoft guy. Then you had sort of like yeah, a yeah. hip cool guy coming up Apple and was like they were subliminally planting that only that cool people use Apple products and like geeky nerdy people use Microsoft yep. products. They were like taking shots at Bill Gates and Microsoft. Yeah. I kind of feel like that's what's happening right now. Facebook's been such a mecca that TikTok's really the first one that's ever made ground against them. I know it's still early, yeah. but every every other platform, there was Pinterest that was kind of more of an Instagram attack. There was, I don't even know, there were, there were a couple, but
1: this is the one getting traction right now. Definitely getting traction. Which is interesting. Yeah. Definitely getting traction. Now, what do I think is going to happen? I think that... so. Facebook's launched the metaverse because they need more inventory and they feel like more people are going to be spending more time in the metaverse. And you got to think about it. Why would they go all in on the metaverse? I just had a conversation an hour ago with a guy that he, he said he, he heard that to complete the metaverse that, which is a virtual reality, right? And for those people who don't know what the metaverse is, it's a virtual reality that you can I frankly play don't want in to know and, and live in and have fun in and blah, blah, blah. It's going to cost them $10 billion over 10 years to build this virtual world. I don't know about you, man, but that's something I want nothing to do with. How about you? Uh, I think there's really interesting applications to it. And as an advertiser, it appeals to me. I I, I play some VR with my kids. It, it does it, it hasn't hooked me. It hooked them. That The most important thing is it's hooked them, right? So they're looking to to tap into a younger demographic as their social media demographic gets older. And you got to think about it. Imagine, imagine being able to run ads, right? Run ads in the metaverse create stores that sell things in the metaverse, have shows playing in the metaverse that have ads playing on the shows. Like the applications for advertising are endless, which is why they're they're going so all in on this. But it's going to take them a long time yeah. to to complete this, right? And, and in the short term, what I see happening is much like, you'll remember what happened at the end of, of the 2000s with Google. Google used to be the worst company to deal with on the planet as an advertiser. They were short-tempered inaccessible, yep. um, quick to disable your accounts, uh, just, they were just, you know. They, too, just, they, they, they just like it was just an 800 pound gorilla and you're not going to pick up the phone and call them. It's just. They they were just rude, for lack of a better word. and 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 nobody could go anywhere else because there wasn't really a great alternative. And then Facebook and Instagram came around and it was a fantastic alternative and everybody left Google.
0: Yes. And then
1: Google, you know, Facebook ate their lunch is basically what happened. And they now are one of the best customer service, easily accessible, fantastic run because they were forced to. Right. One thing I'll say, can
0: you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You froze for a second. Interesting point on the So the reason I gave the the whole context and the depth of, of our experience in the beginning is because PPC on Google was an absolute beast. From that Amazing. 2004, five era right through like 2010-ish. Amazing. I mean, every advertiser on the planet Earth would, would, would claw to get a pay-per-click ad on Google. Even though there was some like, like, like I said, Yahoo Overture had a PPC platform. But nothing took... Nothing created a storm like the Google PPC platform in that era. We made so much money as advertisers. We made so much money because you could literally like turn on a switch. It was up and like you could control the amount of traffic that you would get by just increasing your ad spend. And there wasn't a lot of competition so you could drill down easily and cost wasn't wasn't terrible. The difference when Facebook came in is they came in as a non-searched platform where Facebook has always been, you know, find a gym in my area, type it in, find a salon in my area, find a consultant insurance agent in my, so I'm specifically looking for something where Facebook isn't that for those of you that you know, might not understand the difference. Facebook is a social media platform where Aaron and I might be sharing pictures from when we were in high school or whatever. And the ads just happen to show up and interrupt me on the right. So the interesting thing about Facebook is people didn't really know if it was going to work because it was more like a newspaper than it was a search-based ad where the ads would just show up and you, if you're interested, great. But but the targeting that came into play once they developed once they actually had the community and they chunked down on what people's interests were, now all of a sudden, you and I both know, we can run ads on Facebook and Instagram that only go to people who are yoga enthusiasts, weightlifters, football players, insurance agents, right? That's Facebook. That's not the case with Google, right? So talking about diversification right now, you really should have a presence on search-based Google where somebody puts in keywords that make sense to what it is that you offer. And also the ability to be able to target these little micro demographic groups that live on Facebook and Instagram is an amazing one-two punch right now. So as a business owner listening, do I have some search-based presence? Google, also YouTube. And do I have some demographic driven ads running as well, where I can go right in and target these little micro groups. And if your answer is no to both, you probably don't have many leads coming in. And today's a lead generation conversation. If your answer is yes to both, you're in the right arenas. And that's great to have that one-two punch, that diversification. We're going to talk about a few more options today, but those tend to be the big two, Aaron. You see this more than I do. You're more on the traffic side. I'm more on the sales funnel side of things. But Facebook and Google, if you crack those two alone, remember, that's that's a 2X. What a lot of people don't know is when you're on Google, it's Google and YouTube. When you're on Facebook, it's Facebook and Instagram. So you're really in four places, not two, if you can make those two platforms work for you. And not one or the other, by the way, but both. That, I think, is the key to the conversation is, is not one or the other, both diversification portfolio approach.
1: Yeah, and and the thing with Facebook and Instagram is it's disruptive advertising, right? right? It's And so... You can put it in front of so many more people. Where Google search, for example, there's is only so by, many terms they're putting in, right? Yeah, it's it's how many searches are being done a month on a specific term, right? But they but then Google also has YouTube, which is disruptive to advertise. So when you've gone to watch a YouTube video and then you see a video pre-roll come up with yeah. some type of commercial with a call to action, it's ho- but it it it's hoping to disrupt your journey and take you to somewhere else. Sure. Right, And the reality is, is you can do amazing targeting in YouTube, almost like you can do amazing targeting in Facebook and Instagram. Right. So it's a one-two punch, but now TikTok for us has come up as that is number three and potentially number but, two. But hold
0: on, Aaron, let's stop. I wanna say what I said again before. Let's really call it number five. Because again, sure. when you get into Google and a lot of people don't connect the dots here, since Google owns YouTube, that platform gives you the ability to run search ads, and video ads with YouTube. And when you go mm-hmm. into Facebook, it's Facebook and it's just click of a mouse. Show my ads on Instagram as well. Yep. Four media sources. We're going to talk about the fifth today, like you said, which is TikTok, because that's the first one we've seen in a while. Really, given these other two, a little bit of competition. I wouldn't call it a run for their money yet. Those guys are so big. But we could stay today, Aaron, on this show, on just those five. YouTube, yep. Google, Facebook, Instagram. And now the new sheriff in town, not a sheriff, probably just the new player in town. I don't think they've gotten sheriff. They haven't quite gotten sheriff. uh, Figure of speech. The new player in town would be TikTok. And frankly, I don't know the first thing about it. And and I know a lot of business owners are probably feeling exactly how I feel right now. I don't even want to see it. All I can think about is like my little nieces dancing on TikTok over the summer when we were on vacation. And I'm like, that's TikTok? They'll take like dance for 60 seconds and... The reality is—that's
1: is <laughs> all I know, right? You can run shorter, punchier versions of your same YouTube ads on TikTok, yep. and and we were unsure. Um, the primary concern for us was that the buying demographic would be on TikTok, right? So six months ago, we said we're going to take three of our clients, we're going to run them on TikTok, and we're going to see if the conversions happen on the back end in in the same, more, less than Facebook and Instagram or YouTube and, and Google, sure. right? And what we found so far is that not only do they, they do them at almost half the price.
0: So, and, and again, because they're a newer network, we saw this with Facebook when they came into the Googles. So it's the early adopter lower
1: pricing, right? It's, yeah, it's, they, they come in and they charge next to nothing. Yeah. Um, on your organic side, anything that you post, they'll show to everybody and they'll follow the same game plan that Facebook and Instagram did, which is that they'll slowly start to show your stuff to less and less people. Yeah, They'll slowly start to raise their pricing and then somebody else will start to build their own platform in the background. Sure. You know, um, rumble was a big one that was in the news last week with this whole Joe Rogan thing. So Aaron, I'm glad you, I'm glad you brought that up. So is rumble the alternative for YouTube
0: is rumble a, a video network? It's basically
1: a a freedom of speech YouTube network um, that's getting some traction. Wait a minute. Let me stop you. Hold on. Sure. Are you trying to say that the Rumble Network allows you
0: to speak your mind and say what you want to say as a human being and a taxpaying citizen in the United States of America? (laughs) I I just – I got to be clear for the sake of the audience because the way you framed it, I I, I like clarity. Am I –
1: well Got the, the answer is yes. Okay, good. For now. <laughs> Seriously, right. for now. And funny I always, yeah. I always asterisk things with for now, because all of these things change over time. And and what and all the people that are that are all up in arms, you know, with the the misinformation stuff and the freedom of speech stuff and all that stuff. What they have to remember at the end of the day is that these are businesses owned by people or shareholders. And it's their rules and they can do whatever the hell they want.
0: Yeah, that is true. A lot of people get worked up on the social media thing. It's kind of like, it's almost like the restaurants and the mask thing. Like if a restaurant decides that you need to wear a mask into the restaurant and they're a private business, it's super annoying, but that's their rule as a business. So people get worked up about social media. There's a huge difference between like freedom of speech and censorship happening like as a whole in society, which is a huge problem. But if Facebook actually deems something, again, it's the way they word it is all wrong. If they deem something inappropriate for their platform, at the end of the day, they're a a publicly traded company, but they can do what they want as a business owner.
1: Absolutely. Just just move your presence elsewhere. Exactly. You have your choice, right? Like if you don't want to, if you don't agree with it, don't use it. I don't, Um, but, but listen, here's the thing though, the caveat,
0: just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right? Mm. So when they start determining things that are disinformation with absolutely no validity, that's a different ethical problem. It's kind of like I jokingly had this conversation with my wife. I'm like, okay, so when you're at a restaurant and there's outdoor seating, even though you can smoke a cigarette outside, you really respectfully shouldn't around 90 people trying to have lunch. Just because I- you can doesn't mean you should. It's the same thing with these networks. Just because they can Determining something as disinformation or they can censor something doesn't mean they should because it sets the worst precedent ever. It's horrible how they pitch it. It's
1: their business decision and ultimately they have to decide if it's working for them or against them. Well, let's talk about the $230 million hit. I'll jump in and say $230 million
0: loss. By the way, this is one of the greatest losses of any publicly traded media company in history in one quarter. And I know a lot of that is because people are moving their one, one day loss, Aaron. A lot of this is because people are saying just because you can, doesn't mean you should. I'm taking my business elsewhere.
1: I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination, it a combination. of that. I think it's a combination of decreasing user base of de definitely decreasing advertiser base. A lot of frustrated That's advertisers right. yes. going away uh-huh. and they're going to have to make some like, understand, like I'm a, you know, I'm a, a big part of my business comes from Facebook. So, you know, I want them to do well. And of I course, think the market will drive them to do well and make some internal changes on user experience and these other things so sure. that you don't continue this slide. But the same, it happened to Google too, right? Google lost a whole bunch of people because they were doing the same things in the end of the 2000s. And then they you know, they lost a lot of user base and a lot of an, an advertiser share and and they've had to change that right? And I think Facebook will have to as well. And they'll have to adapt. Um, Do you think, so do you think,
0: so if you guys don't know Aaron, he's so deep in the Facebook, Instagram ads game. That's his specialty, right? He has an agency carve it out for this, right? So nobody sees it at at a a more internal level than he does. So important question is, do you think Facebook gets concerned about the $230 million? By the way, this was advertising media loss. This was like advertise. This is the, how they exist on advertising revenue. They get a two hundred million dollar plus advertising loss that they were not expecting. By the way, do you think it makes them go two things? Do they lighten up on their BS fact checking censorship thing, or do they make ad inventory easier to get? Is it a combination of the two? Because I feel like it's a it's a storm hitting them right now. It isn't, just, yeah. I,
1: I think that if you're inside the 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 war room with the decision makers that be, it is massive red alerts. Oh, yeah, off. yeah. And, and you're evaluating every piece, like you're evaluating perception from the users, maybe it's it's all of this, you know, uh, the frustration around fact checking and conspiracy theories Absolutely, and man. communication. I think you look at the customer service level uh, that the advertisers have been complaining about for three years. Sure. I think you look at the inventory. How do we open it up? Maybe bring the cost down a little bit. You know, other people are cheaper. I, think, I don't think any options off the table because you got to remember, this is a publicly traded company. And, and when a publicly traded company loses that much money in one day, guess who they're going after? They're going after the CEO. They are. You know, it just happened to Peloton. You know, the
0: Peloton bikes? Yep. Mm-hmm. Peloton had that run during COVID. Everybody yep. buying these bikes and then they just trailed off. They weren't able to adjust to, the, to like the non-lockdown life. Nope, and they 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 the shareholders voted the CEO the CEO out this past week. Yeah, like
1: and man. that could happen with that could happen with Zuckerberg. Oh god, same. people they, would they love that wouldn't with they? Um, Steve Jobs. <laughs> I don't
0: think that. he's a I don't think he has a high likability rating. No, Zuckerberg. He doesn't. So that would be probably
1: welcome news to the public if I had to guess. Right, but you got to remember he's also much like Steve Jobs the the originator, the creator, the formulator, the right. the idealist, the the visionary. Right, but I would
0: disagree to a point because the difference between Apple and Facebook is Facebook is a social media platform. They don't roll out new products. They don't innovate. But Apple and Steve Jobs, they were an innovation machine. And Steve Jobs was coming to the table every six months on stage with his jeans and his black t-shirt with something new, whether it's a new iPad, new iPhone, new Mac. And it was like, man, how do these guys just keep... So there was a little bit of a difference because he there was the, the the development of new things, which you don't see that in Facebook. Zuckerberg isn't coming out and going on stage and saying, hey, today I'm going to introduce a new level. Like the metaverse it, it, was it the came out The metaverse was the only- Three
1: months th- ago and said, I'm going to build a virtual world. But, that but I've Aaron, to, to
0: my point, this is the only launch type thing they've ever done as a company. Jobs
1: was in launch mode like three times a year. He was a machine. Yeah, no, I I agree with you completely on the, 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 the difference, but he is still the visionary right. and- I actually think that's part of the stock loss too is I think that the, the, the investors are a bit worried of like, they don't really have a lot of clarity around the metaverse. And there was this like quick decision to rebrand everything. And, mm-hmm. and I think maybe they're wondering if they're taking their eyes off the ball. And then all of a sudden the, the financials aren't good. And that's, you know, Listen, there's a lot of, a lot it, so of things in there. It,
0: it brings me to a really important point about lead generation. And you and I talked about it pre-show when we were planning our outline. <laughs> right. And I was talking about this yesterday in our meeting with my, with my clients locally is, What they did with the metaverse is what every business has to do. They've got to 2.0 it, 3.0 it. They've got to bring out something new and sexy on a somewhat regular basis or they become irrelevant today. This is one of the things that people miss about Apple more than anything. There's two things. I've, I've said this for years and everybody's like, wow, I've never heard anybody put it that way. Two things with Apple. What I just said to you a second ago, constantly new releases. Mm-hmm. Every human being is wired to love new, sexy, modern, next level. The other thing they did that almost nobody did is they opened up physical brick and mortar locations in the in the worst downturn in tech. I was an investment banker at the time. This was when the Nasdaq went from 5000 to 2000 in like 6 months. Total mm-hmm. tech crash. They're opening retail stores which you see how that played out. Pound for pound the most profitable per square foot retail space in the history of the world is Apple Stores at this point. They were doing everything different than everybody else. This is why I love Steve Jobs so much is because he was launching something new every six months from stage, always put on a big show, kind of like the circus. It's always a big circus, right? Circus model. And they were opening up physical brick and mortar locations that you and I could walk into and get help with the Genius Bar. Great for the baby boomers who are not good with tech. You could play with the stuff. You could see it, feel it, touch it, demo it, and buy it. Nobody else did. They ran away in the computer tech and phone and iPad tablet space when they did all this. But the point I'm trying to make is as a business owner doing lead generation, and you and I talked about it for our own company. And we're actually rebranding our company this month. Our, our company, Pipeline Pro, is the software, the sales and marketing software that powers this show. You hear us talking about it quite a bit. We're launching Pipeline Pro 2.0 in February. Kind of like Facebook launched the metaverse in January. Why? Because we want to change things up, make things better, and launch it and share it with the world because it gives everybody a whole new brand new look into something they weren't looking at before. This is such an important point with lead generation that if you're running the same free report offer for three years, if you're running the same webinar offer for three years, great if it's still working that long. That means you've nailed it, number one. But secondly, at some point, that thing needs to be 2.0, 2.0'd, or you need to put another horse in the race or another horse or two in the race. Because you need to get in front of audiences that you couldn't get in front of prior to that. This is what Metaverse was. I'm glad you brought it up because that's how they reinvent Facebook. It's almost like a distraction play. They've got to come out and and give you something new and different to stay engaged. Otherwise, you lose $220 million in revenue in a quarter because there isn't enough new and different and better and sexy And this is a, before you say anything, Aaron, this is such an important lesson for business owners. Go back and watch this again. I mean, it took me years and years and years and years to learn this, adopt this, adapt this into businesses, is being able to have the creativity, the ingenuity to be able to come up with something new, rebrand 2.0, next level, your lead gen, next level, your company, your products and services. It's almost like you're relaunching versions of your company. And it's really fun and exciting to do because it brings
1: back a lot of enthusiasm and a lot of energy to the business. I would agree. And I think that the purpose of this show today, which kind of went off in a couple of different interesting veins, because we like to talk about stuff, is that there is no... There is no limit to how many different things you can test from a lead generation perspective, not only from the actual outlet that you're testing it on, but also the different angles you could test it with, you know, you know, offering things to get information or offering your product or offering experiences, you know, and we often talk about the digital side, right? But when we look at the digital side, we we tend to talk about the big ones, right? The Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, TikTok. I mean, there's... So there's probably a hundred more that we don't even dive into here. And then you've got offline, you've still got, you know, radio, you've got satellite radio, you've got TV, television. man, good old fashioned TV. St- you got streaming services. You still, people don't want to do print anymore, but because people don't want to do print anymore, sometimes you can get print really cheap, right? You can go do direct mail. You can do, um, outbound cold calling. And there's organizations that will do that for you. I mean, there's, there's a million different ways to do it. I, I think the The challenge that a lot of people have is sometimes it's so easy in one place that they become complacent on that one place. And then when that one place turns against you, they don't have the diversification to ride that out. And listen, everybody's guilty of that. When you start nailing it in one
0: form of media, I mean, literally, we as a company dominate Facebook. But you and I both said, beginning of 2022, for the first time in almost two years, we're starting to see a little performance trail off but that's a long time to dominate you know we as a company I mean literally if you saw our numbers on Facebook and Instagram it's like people would would, they they, it would be a dream to have those kind of cost per acquisition numbers but we're smart enough to know that that doesn't last forever right and that's the key to the to the conversation today is diversification not having only one horse in the race figuring out is TikTok the next play for me is YouTube the next play for me? Should I be on TV? We have a lot of financial advisors that watch our show and that use our software. And the biggest and best advertisers are on CNBC, Fox Business, CNN, MSNBC, like the big news networks. They're advertising on those networks, good old-fashioned TV advertisement. So, and like you said, TV's not as hot as it was, so you can probably get TV cheaper today than ever.
1: No question. So and it's a huge credibility play that you could leverage into. Yeah, other as, see, as seen here. on right. Yeah, mm-hmm. clips from you on interviews on, you know, CNBC or something like that are worth their weight in gold. Right. So, uh,
0: you know, the goal of today wasn't to get into. You should have a free report funnel. You should have a webinar funnel. You should have a cheat sheet funnel. See my demo of my software funnel. Like that. It. It. The, the tactics of the funnel. It, it's obvious. What's out there and what's working and what may work for your business. The real point of the conversation was how can I make sure I don't unconsciously end up with all my eggs in one basket? How can I make sure that I have a balanced approach? And by the way, balanced approach could be just two. I mean, if you start dominating two sources, you have dramatically stabilized the business because you went from one to two. You've essentially made a hundred percent move in the right direction to have diversified traffic. Just in my example, in the beginning, if you had Google, Google ads running, and maybe some YouTube ads running. You got two two forms of media there. And if you run Facebook ads, a lot of people don't know this, it's just one little extra click, Aaron, I think, in the dashboard yeah. say show my ads on Instagram. You don't know, have to log into a different place to have ads show on Instagram as well. So um, just be thinking about how many lead sources am I exposed to? How many forms of lead, how many different media sources bring me leads? And I exactly. would and I would have that audit with yourself. I only get leads from referrals. That's a very dangerous place to be. That may be you. Or I only get leads from my affiliates. Somewhat of a dangerous place to be. Or I only get leads from Google. You know, Understand that and say, okay, where, the key here is where can I go next? And it's just one place. It's not, well, oh, and, I'm going to go deploy five forms of marketing. It's what's the next one media source I can go next? Get in there, learn it, hire someone. Find an ads manager. Find a specialist. Had some guys in yesterday, my group, and they're, you know, they've hired someone on their team to go out and research everything they can about TikTok, by the way. So one one guy in my group who's in, who's in the ad space, he said, I, I got one of my VAs. We literally bought, like, the top four training courses on TikTok, yep. and we hired the best guy we know running those ads, and we're just bringing it all in, and we're going to just dissect the whole thing. So they just made a decision to go into one new space, dominate it. Really smart, by the way. Not, you know... Run a few ads and test it. No, let's bring an expert. Let's buy training. Let's consume information. Let's take notes. You did this, I remember with YouTube a couple of years ago. Yep, you man, guys we went it. on we did like it a year a, ago with with TikTok, so we'd be ready. But you, but I remember what you guys did with YouTube. You guys were like, you brought in like every single high cost, low cost, middle cost person, and you were like, we're gonna like own YouTube in like a month. Yep, And you just like, you turned it in, you turn yourselves into like YouTube university, right?
1: And then I spent spent $10,000 putting every one of my team members through an intensive one-on-one coaching. This is my
0: point. So how do
1: you look at this as a CEO, as a business
0: owner, as a high performer? You don't go out and noodle around. You go hot, you find the trainings, right? Really leverage someone else, right? Success leaves clues, right? Somebody's already dissected the information. Find the training courses. You don't want to do it. Have someone do it for you. Right, Find someone it's, who's running ads, hire them for a little while, put them on a 30 day retainer, see if it works. Like go get in there and, and and expedite the time it takes than just noodling through it by yourself. It's
1: it's it's a great, it's great training that people hopefully will take to heart. And I'm going to leave, I'm going to end our show on this today, right? Oh, I got another 45 minutes here, pal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. You're going to do a single? You go solo? I'm just going to keep running. Um Think about it from this perspective, because we talk about it with all of our clients, right? You want to have a balanced portfolio of lead generation. You wouldn't invest in the stock market and put all of your money into one stock, because if you did, and it happened to be Facebook last week, you just lost 27% of your net worth. Right? It's the same thing. You need to have a balanced portfolio in your lead generation situation. Absolutely, all about balance. Kind of like all things in life, everything's
0: about balance, right? Everything's about diversification. I, I, I finally got you. I got you on the portfolio language train. It's kind of my. Yeah, I spent 15 years in financial services, investment banking, brokerage, mortgage banking. So, like this, the the portfolio term tends to come from fi- finance, but it applies perfectly to the marketing space, right? Again, the the, the thing we want to leave you with is. Taking a portfolio approach to the way you generate leads, right? Dan Kennedy said years ago, like rings in my head, you know, as as, as I trained under him for years, the most dangerous number in business is one. One employee, one lead source, one sales funnel, one product, right? And it really, it it stayed with me. Just something as simple as the most dangerous number in business is one. And that's really the message that I want to leave you with today is, don't, get all, don't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to lead generation. Use this new year. Maybe take a, every quarter. I love this approach. Every quarter, we as a company, let's say, are going to tap a brand new advertising source. That's for a year. If you're really aggressive, you could do one a month and track it. And I would leave with that, Aaron, if you have anything else you want to add. I uh, Diversification, baby. Hey, I want to leave a, a really cool recommendation. I'm just fired up about this... Um, this show, right? So, if you you have Amazon Prime, yep. Um, I'm not a big like Prime and Netflix guy, but have you seen like the the biggest advertising? right now around like new release shows is i don't know if you you know like the jack reacher series you know the action series i've, I've
1: seen the Have you six, se- like- you've
0: seen it though right yeah
1: Yep. so tom
0: cruise the movie was amazing tom cruise played him in a movie you got probably 10 years ago okay um i'm There's a big a i like one of my pastimes is i love reading um like mystery novels like lee uh lee child is the author of the jack reacher series okay right like Hardcore mystery, ex-military guy—you know, just he's like the equalizer. Right, goes around the world and just like fixes things in a real aggressive way. That's that's Jack Reacher, um, one of my favorite authors. But this is so good, Aaron. Um, it's only eight episodes. Season one was just released. It's called Reacher. I think it's called Just Reacher or is it Jack Reacher? All based on the Lee Child um, thriller mystery novels. Man, this thing has roped me in, and I don't get roped in easy. Like like adrenaline pumping with this show. It's so good.
1: It's so good. Just off topic here. The new Reacher series. We can talk about whatever we want. I I literally was forced by a a friend of mine who's a huge sports guy. He said, you have to watch this series called Drive to Survive on Netflix. And it's about F1. And I said, I've never really got into F1. It doesn't doesn't really float my boat. He said, trust me. Drive. You will be entertained from start to finish, and you will you will instantly be a fan of F1, which is the second largest sport by consumption in Europe behind soccer. And I said, OK, I'll test it out last night. I ended up watching three episodes last night. I was instantly hooked. Really? Is it about the business of F1 driving? Is it's it- It's almost like a documentary over multiple seasons, but it helps you understand it because it explains the team structures and the country structures and the money behind it and how Mercedes and Ferrari have like a stranglehold on it. So it's basically them and everybody else is fighting for, like they're fighting for third because Mercedes and and Ferrari will put $600 million a year into the driving team. And like a US one will put 150 million. And so you got these great drivers driving subpar cars and frustrated because there's not enough money being invested and it's oh, it's all political cool. and it's all moving. The drivers are moving around to different teams and that I was in and, and they're all crash. I didn't realize how much they crash. Everyone's crashing in every race <laughs> and so and they're doing they're and they're not NASCAR. I mean these are going these are going 200 miles. an hour. it's so it's cool. I
0: love those cars. I right love them. and
1: and so like. I just didn't really understand the, the whole F1 world until I started watching this. And I was watching it last night. Was instantly hooked. It was awesome, amazing. Awesome, man. So, hey, listen. Two show recommendations. A little off track from lead generation,
0: right? Is you know. What was yours called again? Drive to Survive. Drive to Survive. Mine is the Reacher series that's like all over Amazon Prime right now. It's a big release. And it's just uh, I'm excited to watch episode eight tonight. I watched seven episodes this week. So I look wow. at it this way, Aaron. I get upset with myself. I go okay, so I just wasted seven. I could have wrote a sales letter in seven hours. <laughs> this is why I don't do Netflix and I don't do shows because I start to feel guilty. I actually oh, go, you got to you got What detachment. could I have gotten done in you that set? Detach. I know, I know, I know. But I mean, does anybody watching? Do you guys ever feel that way? Like if you if if you watch like two or three seasons of something, some people just don't catch it. They're so numb to life. They don't well, see you Do it every day of every week of every this, month. Aaron, right? this is what people do. There are people who live for Netflix. They're in one series after another after another. I mean, you could learn a foreign language in the amount of hours they spent in a month watching Netflix, some people. I like watch a series or two over the course. I'm a big reader. I'd rather... I feel better if I took the seven hours reading a full book. I would actually feel better if I read the Lee Child book, which is based on the Reacher series... I don't know. It's just, just, it's just me. I don't, I don't. I feel like I'm wasting valuable time. Hey, I could be building a new lead generation campaign. That's sort of how I, I look at it, right? Just but stop it. Just
1: anyways, stop it. Just I, end I it know. right. I digress,
0: man. I digress. But uh, two good recommendations. Um, big one here, worth going back and watching. Video version, as always, will be at salesvelocitytv.com. We usually get the video version up, everybody, about three, four days after the actual show. And then the podcast version gets into Apple and Google and Stitcher and Spotify about a week or so later. But everything's over at SalesVelocityTV.com. We'll continue this conversation. One thing I want to say is every time there's a new player in town that looks like they're going to surface as a player like TikTok is right now, we will bring it to Sales Velocity TV, talk about it, dissect it. I think, Aaron, you'll be sharing some results in the next couple of weeks of the testing that you've actually done now. Mm. Inside of TikTok. I know we as a company will be venturing into some TikTok ads here soon. So we'll report back, we'll curate, and we'll share what's happening uh, with this new player in town. Everybody have a great one. We'll see you on the next episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Sales Velocity TV is powered by Pipeline Pro, the ultimate all in one sales pipeline management and marketing automation platform that makes all others obsolete. And we can prove it. Take a tour at gopipelinepro.com. See you on the next episode.